All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. All right, welcome. A live episode of Dropping the Glove. What? You're too close. Too close. Is that good? All right, I, I was expecting Chris Chelios. This is uncomfortable. <laughs> I have notes for Chris Chelios. So, can you state your name, please? Um... My name is Doug Gilmore, and uh, we played against each other, well, actually this year in a charity event. Were you one of the people who paid money? I don't remember you, honestly. You're not very... I know, I know. How much did you pay to play? You actually beat us. Obviously. Uh, Obviously. Hear that? Well, uh, no, 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 no. No, I'm not Phil Kessel here. (laughs) (laughs) But no, Dougie, great to have you here. So you're... Hall of Famer, drafted by Calgary, and then no. when did you come to the Hawks? I was drafted by St. Louis. Draft? Oh, jeez, you can see how much homework yeah. I've done. So I'll, I'll, I'll start it for him. <laughs> so you played for Detroit, you won two cups with Detroit. No, no Detroit. Oh, that's Chelios again. Dang it, okay. I won a cup in 89 with Calgary Flames, so. But, uh, yeah, I, I broke in 1983, I was drafted in 82, I was a seventh-round pick to the St. Louis Blues, so. And uh, five years there, went to Calgary, and then Toronto, and then uh, New Jersey. Then I signed as a free agent in Chicago. No kidding. And then what was the best city you played for? Arguably, because I know Toronto's a hockey hotbed. Arguably the best hockey city in the NHL. Arguably, Chicago's right up there. What, what are the differences between a team like the Devils or Toronto? What did you notice back in the day when you were playing? Well, when I got traded out of Toronto... Um, it took me about two weeks to get my car, and I finally came in, and we were playing in the old Meadowlands, and uh, we lived, Dave Alton and I were living in a hotel in Secaucus, uh, New Jersey, and finally my car came in, and I drove it down, went to uh, the parking area, and the guy says, can I help you? And I said, yeah, Gilmore. And he goes, never heard of you park over there. <laughs> so I had to walk about a mile to get back to this. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's in Toronto. No, that's that's Jersey. That's in Jersey? That yeah. would not happen in Toronto. Tell the story. One of the best stories I've ever heard, and you told it a couple weeks ago when the big Toronto playoff cup mania was going on. It was a playoff. Oh. You were trying to get to the rink. Actually, it was, uh, it was one of those, uh, I guess, uh, open practice day uh, skills competition, and it was my first full year in Toronto. 92, 93, and I lived right beside the rink. And there's like, I don't know, 15,000 people surrounding the building, and I'm going, okay, how am I going to get in there? So I put a baseball hat on, my own jersey, sunglasses, stood in line with everybody. 
they had no idea it was me. That's so funny. The perks of being five foot five <laughs> at 120 pounds. Yeah, we're all foot five foot five beside you. <laughs> that first year, you put up what 120 some points. Yeah, very good. Very good. Is that is that exactly right? 127. Yeah. I did do a, lo- a little bit of research. So, what was it in Calgary? You won that cup. Take yeah. us through that. Playing with all the unbelievable players on that team. What was it? Mike Vernon was the goalie. Yeah, we had. Uh, Lanny, obviously. Yeah, Joe Newendike, Gary Roberts, Hawk and Lou, uh, Joey Mullen, Colin Patterson and I, uh, Joel Otto, Tim Hunter, Jim Paplinski. Holy cow, you know the whole team? Yuri Hardina, Mark Hunter, uh, Brian McClellan, um, and uh, obviously Lanny. That so is an incredible. Brevin. That's the difference between a goal scorer <laughs> and a fighter, the memory, because I can't remember what I had for breakfast. Yeah, well, you, you mentioned Vernon for me because I only said hi to him after a game. <laughs> our goalies, I never went back in our zone. <laughs> Dougie didn't back check too much. But so what was that like? Because obviously Canada, Stanley Cup playoffs, Calgary, that's the only cup they ever won, right? Yeah. How um, crazy was that? Because I know even in 2004 when they had their run, what year was that when they had the Red Mile with Robin Regeer and all yeah, that? that was, uh, yeah, around it was two- around that era. But, yeah, what, what was that like? It, we won in Montreal, actually. We were the first team to win in, in Montreal, um, the Stanley Cup. And it was, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I was exhausted. Yeah. Um, I never carried the uh, cup around the ice. I did have it in the dressing room afterwards. Do I regret it? Not really. I still won the cup. And uh, I had my dad beside me, so I got great, That's cool. great memories. How, how early was that in your career? That was my uh, sixth year. And then you played for how many years? 20. So did you think it was like, I'm going to win a couple more of these? 100%. Really? And then- 100%. And it's just uh, very unfortunate. You know, you think that it's, it's going to happen. You got you get close, but uh, yeah. no cigar. Well, it's funny. You, get out, you come to this convention. We're here at the Hawks convention. And it's like these guys won three cups in how many years? Six, seven years? Yeah. And it's, it's amazing how spoiled you get because every year they're like, are we going to win the cup this year? Are we, are, are we going to win the cup again this year? It's been five years. Then you look at a guy like Dougie who won it once, and that was it. I never won it. I never even came close. I play with guys like Joe Thornton, Patty Marlowe. Yeah. Never even came close to winning. They've been in the league for 20 years. So it's crazy even to get a chance at it once. But, man, what a team you guys had. Yeah, again, there's so many guys that uh, you know I played with and – Unfortunately, did not have that opportunity to win a cup. And again, 20 years they played and uh, won Stanley Cup final. And thank God we won. Yeah, Doug, I want to ask you. I mean, obviously you're not the the Sasquatch of a man that this guy is. So being a being a smaller guy, that um, you get overlooked a lot when you were younger, and you kind of developed a chip on your shoulder trying to break into the league. I, I think the, the media was really helped me out because they always said I was too small, and never would never make it. So. Um, you know what? When I had the opportunity, um, my final year junior, I put up some good numbers, and I went into St. Louis, and Jock Demers was the coach, and he said, "Can you check?" And it's like it's either 24 in the minors or 65 pro. So I said, "Yeah, I'll check." And uh, after 40 games, I had a one-way contract, and it worked out great. So it, it, you know what? It helped my career out too. I became a, a better defensive player before. I feel like all those French coaches, I had Jacques Lemaire, my first coach, and they just drill defensive hockey into you right away. And it's like if you can't play D in the NHL or you're not putting up 90, 100 points, you're bus ticket back down to the A right away. I, I had Jacques when I got traded out of Toronto to uh, New Jersey. Yeah. And 
probably one of the best technical coaches I've ever had in my life. Like, just really intelligent. And we would play, I don't know, I'd pro- 17, 18 minutes a game. I didn't break a sweat. It's like it was Red Rover. They're coming at you. They're going to turn it over, and we're gone the other way. Yeah, there, there was a position with Lam- I don't know if you guys know Jacques Lemaire, but before the game, he would tell you exactly where you need to be, and if you're not there, you know, you should have been there. Like, he knew exactly where you had to be every second of every, like, period, and if you weren't there, it was your fault, and he knew it. He invented the trap. Yeah. Pretty much. He ruined the game, <laughs> arguably. <laughs> He's the reason why we have all these rules yeah. of the no red line and the no hooking because of Jacques Lemaire. Yeah. But I, I loved him because I was not fast. And he's like, listen, if someone comes near you, stick your stick right between your legs and you twist and you push. Yeah. And that's it, Johnny. That's it. That's all you do. And how about uh, the meetings, the power play, penalty killing, it was all in the dressing room with the whole team. And um, at the end of it, then he had the faces, the faces, but he'd say the faces. So what it is is somebody on the bench or doing something, whether you're picking your nose or whatever it might be, and you'd have it on the TV the next day. So everybody started laughing. Right after the serious meetings, everybody was howling. So he really calmed everybody down and then, you know, obviously mentally prepared. No, he was a good guy. I remember one time we had different roles, me and Dougie, obviously. He played 17, 18 minutes. I played lucky to get seven or eight. There was a game we were in L.A., and it was a close game. Two to one, one nothing. Very close game. I didn't play from the second period, third period. I undid my skates on the bench. I'm like, I'm done. Because I used to tie my skates real, real tight. And then all of a sudden, L.A. went bing, bing, bing. Scored like four goals in a row. And Jacques, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm frantically trying to tie my skates, get the tape to put my pads on. Jacques looks over at me, just like shakes his head. He's like, sacrament, like something yeah. like that. He's like, yo, police. I'm like, I'm yeah. so sorry, Jacques. Yeah. He's like, you were going to go out? Not anymore, buddy boy. I didn't play for like five games after that. I was like, oh, I was still, I think it was my second year. I felt so bad. I was like, oh, my gosh. Not a good first impression with uh, a Hall of Fame. Much like you, a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to. Uh, I don't know how in. that happens. <laughs> because you had an okay career. <laughs> but what makes you a Hall of Famer? Let's. See. I don't know. I don't vote. So it's that winning smile. Oh yeah, yeah. And I just saw Jr. upstairs too, and it goes, Jeremy Roenick. For those of you who aren't good friends with Jr., so he uh, he said, you know what? There's two guys I regret what happened during a game, and it's you and Eric Dozik. So he he knocked both of our teeth out. No. Oh yeah, with a stick. Oh, with a stick. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of high sticks. Oh boy. Should we talk about the time you high stuck me in a charity game? Or no, should we talk about the Wayne Gretzky high stick? Yeah. This is, I don't know. I forget, Are you still I sour over that? I was never sour about it. No? I was disappointed. Because I, I, I watched an interview with Kerry Frazier, and they're like, what's your biggest regret? And Frazier's like that missed high stick on Dougie. Yeah, you know what? I have many conversations with him, and Kerry was uh, obviously a great referee, and uh, back in his days, never wore a helmet. Yeah. After he did miss the call, a couple years later, I wanted to go back and uh, – just go on the ice and mess his hair up and get off and, and retire. You can never mess his hair up. It's impossible. It's like a helmet. I know it is a helmet. It's like Patrick Sharp and Kerry Frazier go to the same, the same salon. <laughs> so now what are you doing now, Dougie? You're, you retired, what, two, three years ago? Yeah, 16 years 16. ago. <laughs> and uh, I've been 11 years in uh, Kingston, uh, Ontario. It's a junior A team, uh, Kingston Frontenacs. And 
It's uh, it's been a good run. I've coached for three years, uh, GM for uh, seven years or six years, sorry, and uh, I'm the president now, so I don't do too much. They don't let you make any decisions anymore. Oh, I make all the decisions. <laughs> I still make that. That's that's on my hands, but I don't really do that much. That's so funny, Tim. Anything for the Hall of Famer, Doug Gilmore? Yeah, man, I got a couple. So, uh, Doug, you wore the C for both Toronto and Chicago. I wanted to ask you, like, what it, what that means to you for, uh, especially two original six franchises. And then what's your approach to being the team captain is? Well, I think as far as the uh, story for you guys, uh, when JT got uh, nominated as captain. Jonathan uh, Tapes. Jonathan uh, Tapes. I think they might know who that is here. Well, I don't know. So, so uh, uh, Grant Skinner is his accountant, and he's my accountant as well. Uh, so they brought uh, Jonathan in to golf with me up in Toronto. And... It was, it was really cool. I spent the whole day with him, and he goes, you know what, what should I do? Should I, when should I say something? When should I not say something? And I said, you know, kid, at your age, don't say anything. Just be the hardest-working guy on the ice in practice and games. Everybody will follow you. didn't take long for him to learn that. And I will say this about JT. Um, I've never had a captain kind of because I was in another lineup all the time, and sometimes I was didn't agree with the call. One time – Gosh, we were playing the Blues, and they had a big physical team, and Q comes up to me during the pregame skate. That'd be Joel Quinville. Joel Quinville. (laughs) (laughs) So JQ comes up to me, and he goes, you're not in, Johnny, sorry. And I, like, got a little upset, lost it a little bit, went back in the locker room, tomahawked my stick over the the bathroom stall, and the end of it went off and smashed the sauna door because it was a big glass door in the sauna. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to pay for this. This is not good. And I've never had a captain come up to me like JT, Johnny did, pulls me aside. And mind you, this guy is, like, probably five, six years younger than me, my first year in Chicago. And he, like, sits me down and talks to me like he's my dad. He's like, it's okay. You know, we'll, we'll, we need you down the line. It's okay. you got to, you know, work through it. And just I was blown away by just the maturity of this. He must have been, like, 22-year-old kid. To pull me aside, this like six eight monster who's having a yeah. moment, and he was totally cool. It was unbelievable. Yeah, like I, I've never. It takes a special guy to be a captain, and you've obviously done it. You've earned respect from people, and I don't think I could do it. I really don't. Well, I, you know what? Honestly, it's we're all human beings. We're all the same. You respect people; they respect you back. And the the biggest thing with the in the hockey world is just you treat everybody like family, and nobody's better than each other. If you win, everybody succeeds. And that way, sometimes your fourth-line guys get an opportunity maybe go somewhere else as a third-line guy. So, again, I think the biggest thing is that with team chemistry is everybody has to buy into what they do. Absolutely. That's 100%. That's why everybody wanted to play for Chicago, and they still do. When you have a leader like that, you know you're going to win. And, yeah, I left here, fourth-liner, boom, third-liner with Buffalo. Yeah. No, <laughs> right ex- away. Exactly. And that's, and that's how it works. That's, that's Guys who uh, win the cup here, they win the cup and they go other places and they're terrible. It's because, like, if you're on a good team, other teams want you, and then that's how it kind of is a copycat league. So if you're a fourth liner here, other teams want you. So 100%. It's no brainer. Well, Timmy, anything else for DG? Um, yeah. Have you Doug Gilmore? Oh, sorry, that's Doug Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> um, Doug, throwing it way, way back to your days in junior. There's a record probably never be broken. 55 straight games with a point. Is that right? In the OHL? Uh, it was. I broke the record of 55. It was 57. Okay, 57. Yeah. So the so, question is, like, what were you eating for breakfast back then? Well, 
You know what? I was uh, my first year pro in St. Louis. I was 152 pounds. So junior, when they came in and weighed you, I ate. I knew they were coming in, so I ate pancakes that day. Drank about 10 bottles of water, and I jumped on the scale with my jock on, and I had all kinds of change in my jock. No, you did not. Just trying to get up to 138 pounds. Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. We're like opposites. It's like twins because when I used to go to training camp and they would measure you and I would go, oh, I'm only – because they didn't have a high enough thing to measure me. So I would say, oh, I'm always shorter. I would say I'm 6'7", but I'm really 6'9", closer to 6'9". And then when I would jump on the scale, I would – jump in the sauna before, go in the steamer, get rid of all the fluids in my body because I didn't want to be overweight because I wanted to be 250, but in reality, I walked around 260, 265. So it's just funny. That's Yeah. Just to, just, we're like... You're 100, you're 100 pounds heavier than I was when I played. Uh, I know. Well, Game's I, thought, I thought Lindros was big at the time. Lindros was big. Was it hard to be a little guy in a big man's game, especially when you played? Because it was the era of just like hooking and hacking and slashing and like if you mess with me i'm going to knock your block off no you weren't you had to pretend you were crazy you put your helmet on and uh, if somebody did something to you do it back and um for strength wise for a forward you always wanted to be in the offensive zone close to the glass so that way if i'm this far from the glass i'm going that far and i'm coming right back doesn't matter how strong you are it's, it's just the way it works so then i got the then i got the puck back again if i'm this far from the glass i'm gonna get hurt so you just had to think all the time and you watch guys on the ice who you're playing against and you know what preparation going into a game you know we all know what his was as far as he, who he's going to fight and different things mine was who i was going to play against for example chicago Chelly's going to try to take my head off. Steve Smith's going to take my head off. Marchman's going to take my knee out. And you just go down the list. And it's like, okay, this is what i got to get ready for a game. And I didn't care about the forwards who I was playing against. It was always defense. No kidding. Would you ever, if you were coming down on a rush or would you always try to angle yourself or skate in the zone to a certain defenseman, to the weaker one? Sometimes, yeah. Um, again, you never watch your pass, and I've done that many times, and I got hit a couple yeah, times. Killed. But... Um, I wouldn't really say – usually there's going to be a back checker on you. And when the guy's getting close to you, you go right at the defenseman. That, all of a sudden now there's two guys and one guy, and yeah. you look for the open guy. So I tried to go at – sometimes that defense, I'm not going to beat him. I'm just waiting to make a play. It's amazing to hear the thought process of a very good hockey player because I would never – I'm just like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I have the puck still. He's, he's, he's the dangling machine now. Oh, in the old-timer games? I dangle these. Well, because you're 70, 72, Doug? I just uh, I feel so good. I'm like, Hall of Famer, a, thank you. Uh, see you later. Yeah. Oh, well. I got skates on the wrong feet these days anyway, so it doesn't oh, matter. It's, it's been a pleasure. Well, thank you for joining the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you. Unbelievable. Chris Chelios, everybody. We appreciate <laughs> being here. <laughs> All right, Dougie. Thanks, buddy. Have see a good buddy. one. Thanks, man. Thanks, thanks.